0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today?
1: Hey, I'm doing very well on this Good Friday. Good Dan. Friday.
0: Yes, I'm a Christian, so thank you today to my personal Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for go. putting up with intolerable suffering and you know, human beings spitting on you and beating you and flogging you and crucifying you to uh, save my uh, tortured soul. So thank you very much for that. It's the uh, very solemn day in Christianity. Uh, Obviously, most of you know that. Some of you uh, who aren't Christians, this is uh, the day we celebrate the sacrifice of uh, Jesus Christ dying on the cross. So uh, Easter Sunday coming up, which is going to be, which is obviously the most celebrated day in Christianity, the resurrection of Christ. So that's... um, It's a big deal to me. I know religion means a lot. It's not a, religion-based show, but uh, it does motivate a lot of what I talk about and the reasons I believe in individual liberty, big R rights granted by God and all of those things. So uh, thank you all for uh, hearing me out on, on on those topics. Hey, I got a lot uh, to get to today on the show. I'm, I gotta tell you, I'm a little banged up, Joe. I'm filling in for Mark Levin tonight, hey. so if you want to listen, I will be in from 6 to 9 Eastern time on the Mark Levin Radio Show. You can listen at marklevinshow.com or whatever your local station is. He's on like 10 million stations across mm-hmm. the country, including joe's at wcbm in baltimore yeah so listen in um but i'm a little hurt because i i worked out three days in a row because i wanted to take off today and my back is still injured and i keep thinking to myself gosh just take a break once in a while and you'll heal yourself up but um i can't do that it's just not in my gene code so but a lot to get to joe um number one uh fellas ladies i feel really good today for this show mind is totally clear Take it ease on Sessions. Take it ease. I got people emailing me. (laughs) Sasha, they're like ready to go crazy on Jeff Sessions. I'm gonna explain it. Take it ease. I'll explain what's going on to you about the lack of appointment for a special counsel. I was going to get to this topic second or third, but I feel like some of you even in the car now are getting ready to go drop off like complaint letters to the Department of Justice about Jeff Sessions. Turn around. Go home. Let me explain (laughs) this to you. All right. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Freedom Project Academy. America's schools are nothing like we remember growing up. We grew up in safety and learning was more than safe spaces and garbage propaganda stuff. And even though technology continues to offer new opportunities for learning, I think we can all agree that traditional moral values once ro- woven into the fabric of the classroom have practically disappeared. That is true. That's why you need to consider our friends at Freedom Project Academy and they're fully accredited folks Judeo-Christian Classical Online School for kindergarten through high school. We're talking about an incredible interactive education where students attend live classes every day with teachers and fellow classmates from across the country. Freedom Project Academy doesn't accept a penny of government funding. We don't like that. Which allows them to stay committed to teaching students how to think, not what to think. No propaganda here, folks. Families can enroll students full-time, or you can start with a single class. It's a great option. It's entirely up to you. Go to, here's the website. Go to freedomforschool.com and request your free information packet today from Freedom Project Academy. Enrollment ends in July, but folks, classes do fill up fast here. That's a fact. That's freedomforschool.com. Freedom4FOR, F-O-R, freedomforschool.com. Don't forget to tell them Dan Bongino sent you. All right, on sessions. Take it easy. Take it easy. I'm going to do a shirt because my wife is almost done with the online store. Thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart for everybody who's uh, expressed interest in that. that. That means a lot. It's going to help us uh, move the show in a positive direction. Provide a source of revenue in case we have to deal with uh, the liberal nut jobs out there. (laughs) So that's good. But I want to do a shirt that says, take it (laughs) easy. Here's what we know. So last night, Jeff Sessions uh, was revealed through a number of interviews that he has not agreed to a special counsel on the FISA abuse process. And I promptly got, Joe, I kid you not... Close to, I don't know, 100 emails. Dan, you said take it easy. Sessions let us down again. Mm. There's not going to be a special counsel. (sighs) I thought, how do I break this down? Okay. Number one, let's rationally talk about what's happened so far without a special counsel. You know, there's a special counsel for the Russian collusion fairy tale, which we all object to because there's no collusion. I get that. Right. Everybody wants a special counsel to investigate the misdeeds, the malfeasance and misfeasance at the Department of Justice, the spying scandal, and the Hillary Clinton email investigation, which was corrupted. That is not happening right now. But what's been happening without a special counsel? McCabe's been uh, fired, the number two at the FBI, and I don't think they're done with McCabe at all. I'll get to that in a second. The FISA judge responsible for uh, the Flynn... Plea testimony, Contreras, has been outed and has been uh, forced to uh, recuse from the case. The stroke and page texts have all been coming out, exposing the scandal. And by the way, as we recently discovered, as we talked about this week on shows, White House involvement through the White House chief of staff, a sneeze away from the president that was coordinating these meetings. We've all uncovered this without a special counsel. So that's... I had to line this out because I want... Rationality matters here. This is what has already happened with no special counsel. So I, I, I line that out as what he did, talking about Sessions and the DOJ. Here's number two in this. What's already happening now. So that's what he did, but what's happening now as we speak? Folks, why do you think there are no... Public congressional hearings with the major players in this. <laughs> Has this ever occurred to you? No. Think about this, Joe. Yeah, okay. Do we you know who Peter Stroke is, right? The sure. FBI agent who was texting Lisa Page. Those mm-hmm. texts have become public. They're they were having an affair. Mm-hmm. They worked for a guy named Bill Priestep in the FBI. Alright. Uh-huh. Pre-step work with a guy named Maffa, who we talked about yesterday, who had an, a role, who visited the White House about this case and had a role in the drafting of the Hillary exoneration letter. Why aren't these people up on Capitol Hill, Joe? Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. Everyone else is up there. Clapper, yeah, I Brennan, Why? I mean, I'm Jim Comey. They got Susan Rice going up there. Where are all these people? What are they doing? What are they doing, daddy What the hell's going on here? What? the hell's going on here you think they're out there playing tiddlywinks maybe little legos maybe battleship what the hell do you think they're doing there's a reason these people aren't up on capitol hill it's because there's a darn good chance joe huh wink at a nod there's a, you picked out, you're picking up what I'm putting down? There's a damn good chance that people up on the hill aren't asking them to testify in public because they're already testifying behind closed doors to Sessions' team that is already looking into this. You get it? Joe's like, <laughs> do we need a ditto cam for this? You're right. Take it ease <laughs> on Sessions. All right. So, number one, what's already happened? McCabe, out. Contreras, out. Stroking pages, texts everywhere. The, uh, the, House, uh, the House investigation into Trump collusion. No evidence of collusion. Number three, which I just kind of discussed and molded, uh, excuse me, melded into two. Who is cooperating? Why are these people not up on the hill if they were so intimately involved in the spying on of Donald Trump and the exoneration of Hillary Clinton? What, what they all just disappeared? What, what are they, in, in the Infinity Wars land, in the Avengers movie? Are they in like, uh, you know, you ever hear M Theory with that, that uh, alternate universe stuff? Are they in an alternate universe? Where'd they go? they in Bizarro Superman land? Mm. You got something, you look like you want to say something.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, and I have been wondering, why I haven't heard a word from Strzok or Page, period. I mean, Nobody's like, nobody's
0: sh- out trying to interview him? No. Nobody's gone to their, what way is that? Uh, you, you know what? You get an autograph from Kanye West, CNN's at your house, tomorrow looking for an interview, right? Yeah. Why isn't anybody interviewing them? Why is everybody so quiet? And more importantly, Joe, I'm actually glad you brought that up because I forgot one point of this and you cued me there. Why do they still have jobs in the FBI? Ah, uh, oh, ah, oh, what? They're still working there. Yeah. Andy McCabe, out. Goodbye, Office of Professional Responsibility the FBI. See ya. Have a nice day. Wouldn't want to be you. Why are these other people still there? Why? They were all intimately involved in this. They've all been outed. Why are they still there? Maybe they cut a deal. You think that could be good? Folks, when I, listen, I, am, I don't know Jeff Sessions. I have literally never met the man in my life. I don't. I don't even know if I've been in an event with Jeff Sessions. I cannot recall ever meeting Jeff Sessions in my entire life. I have assuredly never had a conversation with him. And I am a conservative. I am not loyal to people. I'm loyal to ideas. I have no loyalty, and I don't mean this as a slight, no loyalty whatsoever to Jeff Sessions. Right. I yeah. don't know him. But when have I steered you wrong on this? Go back and listen from episode 628 to now. We're 60 episodes in from that. When I started covering this, where have I steered you wrong? Tell me one thing that, and I, I, I have been steered at places by other people. When have I steered you wrong? I keep putting this information on the air because other people have yet to steer me wrong. Everything they've told me has come true. Listen to 628. Everything we said happened. Joe laughs sometimes because they talk about it on his morning show. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, we already heard that on our podcast like two months ago. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Mm-hmm. It's not me. I'm not, a, I just, I just, I'm not taking credit for it. other people have given me this stuff. Okay. I didn't figure out like I didn't invent the Pythagorean theorem. People just told me stuff. That I trust. People that are very well connected. Take it easy on sessions. Give it time. Stuff has already happened. Now, we've gone through what's happened, what is happening, and who is cooperating. Now, number four, there's a big outcry because Sessions has not named a special uh, counsel, but has, in fact, named someone within the Just Depart- Justice Department to look at this whole thing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is. let me give you a little bit of information in case you're, you're ill. How do I say this without sounding like a total jerk? And I'm, I'm not really not trying to. Joe's a sound engineer and an executive producer for the podcast. I. I am now a conservative content producer. I was at one point a Secret Service agent and a federal investigator. That's what we do. I don't know jack squat about it. Joe try, came over to my house one time, tried to show me how to do the pod- podcast. I have no idea what he did. He put some stuff and melded some stuff. And he's like, can hey, you just do this? And he, I'm like, whatever, Joe. I, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Thanks for coming down though. But he, sure, he did his best. I have no idea what Joe does, okay? It is not your fault that a lot of people don't really have an idea about how the justice system works. That's not what you do. I totally understand. Yeah. All right? A special counsel prosecutor has no special powers. He is simply a prosecutor appointed by the Department of Justice, a special counsel, because they believe there is a conflict within the Department of Justice that can't be handled using a regular attorney for the government. That's it. Now, you may say, well, there are conflicts here because they're investigating the DOJ. I agree. But those conflicts, unless you can show me they haven't led to action in the past, I don't think they're disqualifying. We've already got rid of McCabe and and Contreras. They're already investigating and booting people out in the DOJ. What evidence do you have that the DOJ is not, in fact, looking deeply into this? A second special counsel appointed now would clog up the entire operation that is ongoing now to out these people and they would effectively have to start over from scratch. Now, the guy that's been appointed, his name came out yesterday. He's been there for a while, by the way. This isn't new. The guy's name is John Huber, who is the United States attorney in Utah. Now, keep in mind, Sessions did not say at any point he'd foreclosed on the opportunity for a special, special counsel. He, that's not what he said, Joe. Right. He said no special counsel now. Why? Because he already has a guy looking into this. The guy, I'm not explaining this right and it's really upsetting me. A prosecutor for the government, a lawyer for the government, is known as an AUSA, an assistant United States attorney, or the United States attorney, the one who actually runs the office. Okay, They are attorneys for the United States. If you are a federal agent like Horowitz, the inspector general, who is looking into all of this, who has uncovered all of these dirty dealings, he is essentially the internal affairs agent for the government. Horowitz has no charging authority at all. None. None. When I was a federal agent, I could investigate Joe Armacost till the cows come home. If an AUSA, an assistant United States attorney for the government, says, I am not charging Joe, you know what happens to Joe? Nothing. Zippo. Federal agents like Horowitz are investigators, they have no, zero, zero prosecutorial authority at all. Joe, do you wonder? Am I being crystal clear on this? Yeah,
1: and I didn't, I didn't know that.
0: None. Yeah. A federal agent has. This is the whole beef behind the Jim Comey exoneration speech with Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yeah. Jim Comey is in charge of an investigative agency, not a prosecutorial one. That was the entire beef by conservatives and everyone else about Jim Comey's speech. Jim Comey had absolutely zero authority as an FBI uh, di- director, zero, folks to make a prosecutorial decision on Hillary Clinton. None. He is not a prosecutor. He is an investigator. I can't tell you how many times as an investigator, I brought a case to the AUSA's office, the prosecutors, the assistant United States attorneys, that I thought Joe was a slam dunk. One in particular I thought was a gold mine of other bad guys in our area when I was in New York. And they said, sorry, we're not interested. And you know what happened? Nothing. Now, one guy brought to the locals, because you can always bring it to this. Remember, the the federal government and the state are two entirely different entities. Matter of fact, so are the local governments. So one of the things in the Secret Service we do is if you brought it to the prosecutor's office, the federal, uh, you know, the Eastern District of New York, in our case, and the AUSA's office, Mm -hmm. one of the things if they said no, you could do is you could bring it to the state police. If the New York State Police, when I was in the New York field office in in, uh, the Secret Service, if they said no, then you could bring it to the NYPD. Okay. And chances are, Joe, one of them would take the case if it was a good one. And in in many cases, that's what happened. But in many cases, you know what happens? Nothing. The NYPD says, Joe, not interested. (laughs) That was kind of was a, forget about it. Forget yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Forget about it. when not worry? Forget about it. We got to get that Donnie Brasco Bob uh, drop. Anybody out there, pull that for us. We'd appreciate it. Forget about. it. Forget about. It. We need that just to have on uh, on cue. And nothing happens to the bad guy. Yes, folks. Bad guys get away with bad stuff all the time. Yeah. It is critical. I don't. Uh, this is really important. I'm not be. I'm not being long winded about this accidentally. This is at the entire core of the criticism of Sessions. They don't understand. I think a lot of folks just don't understand what their role is.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree with you.
0: Now, appointed Huber, who is a prosecutor. He is a United States attorney who has prosecutorial prosecuting powers that the internal affairs investigator Horowitz does not have. Appointing him to work with Horowitz is unbelievably damning to all of the co-conspirators in this case. Folks, there's already a guy working in tandem with an internal affairs investigator who has already recommended the termination of Andy McCabe at the FBI, who was a central figure in this. There's already a lawyer working with him. What does that tell you? Think it through. Take a second here. Why would Sessions feel the need to assign a government attorney to an investigator? You think the investigator found something? (gasps) Oh, yeah. You think they may have found some stuff there? You think they may have went... (sniffs) (sniffs) Smells something going on there. I think we need a government attorney. Hey, Jeff, you got one? Matter of fact, I do. I got a guy from Utah here, old Johnny Huber. Folks, this is already going on. Sessions made, in my opinion, a brilliant move. I think the criticism of him is entirely, completely unwarranted. I will bet my professional reputation on this. I don't know this guy, that the criticism is based in a, just a lack of understanding about what is going on. Huber is already there, meaning they needed someone to drop charges. The investigator cannot do it. He can recommend them. He can write up a complaint, an information, a charging document. He cannot charge no matter what. The fact that there is a government lawyer already working with him says to me something is rotten in the state of Denmark. This is very, very, very bad for Jim Comey and Andy McCabe. You do not assign a government prosecutor and a lawyer for the government to a case that has no chance of actual charges. I just told you that. I walked in with open and shut cases Folks, I'm not kidding. Cases where I had Joe Armacost on tape committing felonious Mopery Damn. And I again, I got him. And I said, Mr. U.S. Attorney, look at this. It's a tape. Armacost, felonious mopery. Sorry, we're, a lot of times it was just they were bogged down. They had too many cases and not enough lawyers. It would happen all the time. You do not waste a government lawyer and dedicate him exclusively to an internal affairs investigation if there isn't a damn charge there people are going down i'm telling you just hang in there hang in there i don't want you yeah go ahead. and
1: that's why you said that you don't think they're finished with mccabe yet they are exactly. absolutely
0: not finished right. with mccabe okay,
1: yeah, okay. we're making some headway here i got where
0: mccabe remember right another thing it, The administrative procedure for removing someone from the FBI is not the same as a criminal procedure. I believe they waited on McCabe for a reason. If you were listening to if you listen to one of my earlier shows and again, forgive me, I don't have the exact number. We have a small staff here. We keep the operation lean to keep it cheap. We don't want to run 6,000 ads per show, okay? We do. That's why we keep the show lean. It gets expensive when you have as many listeners as we do. Seriously, folks, the server space alone is a pain in the butt. Um, I had explained to you before that administratively, the process for removing Andy McCabe is different than the criminal one. Administratively, Why would you keep Andrew McCabe, the number two at the FBI, who's intimately involved in all of this? The Hillary email investigation, the spying on of the Trump team, the FISA abuse, the Mike Flynn disingenuous prosecution. Joe, why would you keep him on to the FBI, in the FBI, till the last minute possible?
1: Well, you might want to have some interagency questioning to do with him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes, you pay attention to the show. Thank yeah. God. Sometimes I'm worried. I'm like, did he hear me when I said <laughs> that? I wasn't hinting him. Yes. Because when Andy McCabe is still in the FBI, which he was until the last minute. Right. Administrators from the FBI and internal affairs people in the FBI and professional responsibility folks in the FBI who look over malfeasance in the FBI and misfeasance can bring Andy McCabe in and say, Andy. You better start talking, pal, and you better start talking now. You may say, oh, doesn't he have the right, the the Fifth Amendment right to to not self-incriminate? Uh, no. No. Because it's not a criminal proceeding. Boom. It's an administrative one. There are no criminal charges. Now, to be clear... They can't beat a confession out of him. McCabe may say, hey, go pound sand. I'm not telling you anything. You know what the FBI says? Donald Trump said this to a lot of people on The Apprentice. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Oh, he was fired? Oh, so what I'm telling you is... (laughs) Folks, they had to keep him on. They needed information. If they had fired Andy McCabe earlier, Andy McCabe then... There's nothing to hold over his head. They had his job hanging in the uh, hanging in uh, sitting there right in front of him. It was like a sort of Damocles moment there, right? They had his job. Andy, you better talk or you're going to lose your job and he had to talk. Mm-hmm. The minute he gets fired, now he does what, Joe? I plead the fifth. Yeah. Because the rest of it's going to be criminal. And why is it going to be criminal? Because we already have a prosecutor assigned. Why would they do that? Ding, 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 yeah, ding. it
1: really, the bells are going. It's making a lot of sense. Right oh, now. gosh, I got together, so much. Brother.
0: I love it, by the way, that we have a hypercritical thinking intellectual audience. Your emails don't bother me one bit. I don't mean to come off like some condescending jerk here at all. I'm not. I deeply appreciate the fact that nobody in my audience takes anything I say at face value. I do. That sounds like the most ridiculous thing ever. No, I, listen, I'm not an X-Files guy, but trust nobody. I don't even trust my own sources unless they back it up two and three times and unless they have a track record of telling me stuff that's true. I won't embarrass you or myself on the air by saying dumb stuff. Mm -hmm. But you should double and triple check too. And I'm glad you guys were like, oh, look, look what happened with Sessions. Dan, you may have been off telling us to take it easy. Don't give up. Let me make one final point on this because I didn't want to spend that much time on this, but this is an important story. This was a brilliant move by Sessions appointing this guy Huber. Now, I know it. There are people right now cringing. Oh, what do you mean, Dan? This was an Obama holdover. So was Horowitz. So was Horowitz, the OIG. By the way, the guy who's been exposing this entire debacle, Spygate, FISA gate, Clinton email gate. Oh, he was an Obama holdover too? Why is that a brilliant move? To appoint a guy from number one, Outside of D.C., Huber, who's from Utah, the Utah guy. He has no connection there to the Beltway dynamic at all. And an Obama holdover. Why do you think that would matter? Maybe because when this guy drops the atomic bomb of prosecutorial charges on all of the imbeciles involved in the spying case, it automatically decapitates the Democrats' instantaneous line of attack, which is going to be, oh, these are partisan. Really? He was an Obama guy. How do you figure that out? By the way, it was an Obama guy that investigated the case and an Obama guy that prosecuted. How'd that work out? Joe, hold on. Head scratcher. How'd that work out for you? Folks, don't play checkers while they're playing chess. They know exactly what they're doing. Let me just leave it with this. Take it easy. It'll all be okay. All right. I got some more stuff to get through. It's a busy news day. I don't want to leave you on the weekend. Yeah, that was a good segue. Joe's giving me the heads. I like that yes. one too. But I, I, you know, I, do like, I do list read your viewer. Matter of fact, one person emailed me astonished that I actually read emails, which I do. And it takes me about three hours a day. It's driving my wife nuts. But we get about 500 emails a day now, which I know sounds crazy, but it's true. Um, and it's really helpful, by the way, if you use the email on my website, it's at Bongino.com. It says contact us because my wife and I then both read it and it gives us both the opportunity to read it and some of the administrative stuff like sponsor stuff and things she can respond to. So it's really helpful. Um, okay. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at Brick House Nutrition. One of my original sponsors and still one of my favorites. Their product, Field of Greens, is just incredible. I I really appreciate all the feedback you've been given uh, to me and to my company. Obviously, I have no ownership in it, but I've been with these guys from the beginning and I love what they're doing. They are a young fresh, outside-of-the-box nutrition company that puts out some of the best nutrition products out there because they don't think in the old way. They think, how can we take this and how can we do this better? And one of the supplements out there that I had used in the past, and here was the problem with it. It was a fruit and vegetable extract supplement. You know, a lot of you take fruit and vegetable pills and stuff. Oh, this is ground-up fruits, and you're thinking The problem with it was it was extract. It wasn't real food, number one. And secondly... It tasted like crap. It tasted horrible. One of them was really awful, but I used to just, you know, I'd put a, you, i would put I would like hold my nose and drink it every day because I know I need my fruits and vegetables and you do too. No sensible doctor nutrition scientist, anyone who has half a brain will tell you fruits and vegetables aren't the key to a long, healthy, productive life. They tasted like crap. So Miles went out there and they put together field of greens. They used not extracts, but real food. Real fruits and vegetables. Life-enhancing fruits and vegetables you absolutely need in your everyday life, folks. This is it. Fruits and vegetables. The key to cognition and good health. This is good stuff. It tastes terrific. It tastes like a little cherry, a little blueberry. Hint of some fruit flavors in there. It's really, really good. People love it. Joe's giving it. Ah, it's beautiful. Feel the Greens. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. They'll be sponsoring some space on my website too, so you can click right on it. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Try Field of Greens today. You will not regret it this stuff is incredible it tastes delicious and we all know we need fruits and vegetables this is your fruit and vegetable insurance
1: dude you do that like a wine connoisseur you know well yeah
0: it is it's so good i love this stuff i mean it really is it's delicious <laughs> by the way i did get one complaint they said that my helix uh pillow yeah. read yesterday which is amazing that i've said twice now i was going to get you a pillow and didn't get it yet from helix sleep so i, I got to get on that I'm gonna oh eat yeah I, today because it is the best pillow around yeah it's incredible but they were like get them in the damn pillow already <laughs> stop messing with producer thank Joe. you all right uh I'm just gonna get through this one quick uh, do me a favor Joe get that cut right this is Jeffrey Tubin, a guy by the way on CNN who has always been personally very nice to me I used to do CNN I don't anymore and we will never uh do CNN again um but Tubin was never a, I used to see him in the green room and he was always a relatively pleasant guy um but he said something yesterday that was so dumb I'm sorry um that I had to call it out so uh, I sent this to Joe this morning it's a quick cut but it's it's taking a shot at you for basically asking perfectly valid questions about what the hell went on with Spygate, Gate, and Gate. Play that cut.
1: No, as far as I could tell, most of the accusations against the FBI are lunatic conspiracy theories, uh, just not grounded in, in anything. And and I think the attorney general did an appropriate thing here, giving, you know, giving this to the inspector general. That's why we have inspector generals. But I expect there will be nothing found here and uh, i think sessions did the right thing
0: okay um so it was a lunatic conspiracy so mccabe was fired andy mccabe the number two at the fbi for his role in fisa gate the clinton email investigation probably for the flynn's mike flynn uh, debacle as well where they prosecuted him for false statements he didn't make fascinating he was fired by the o- the Office of Professional Responsibility of the FBI, and it's all we're all making this up, Joe. Do you got Meadows cut? Yeah, man. Now here's Mark Meadows, a a solid Republican congressman from North Carolina, um, on Laura Ingram's show last night, responding about the because con- remember. Let's just be clear what Toobin said, Joe. These are conspiracy theories. They're not based in facts. We're making this all up. Here's Meadows with a, a very good, dispassionate response about what the facts actually are. And I challenge our liberal listeners, tell me where Meadows is wrong. Well, I mean, when you look at the facts, the facts speak for themselves, Laura. When when we're looking at, is it an, a material fact that Peter Strzok had a relationship with a FISA judge and they concealed it? The answer is yes. Is it a fact, and we, we now know that the investigation into Donald Trump started late july within seven days there was a meeting with uh, the department of justice where they said the white house is leading this what What? okay jeffrey Tubin from cnn what part of that's not true i'm gonna be getting into this on levin tonight because i'm getting tired of this stuff Mm. but what part of what mark meadows just said is untrue we know from the text they concealed their relationship with a fISA judge We know the FISA judge was, in fact, the FISA judge who took a plea from a guy, Mike Flynn, intimately involved in this case. We know the FBI themselves had said they thought Mike Flynn was truthful, Mm -hmm. yet prosecuted him anyway using the special counsel. We also know Hillary had an email server. We know Hillary's 30,000 emails are missing. We know Andy McCabe's wife took $700,000 from Democrats associated with Hillary Clinton to run for office as a Democrat. We know Andy McCabe failed to recuse himself until a month out from the election. We know Jim Comey had a counterintelligence investigation going on against Donald Trump and refused to tell Congress about it despite his obligation to notify oversight committees. He refused to tell them about it for months. He hid it from them. We know that. We know Jim Comey said that the dossier that the FBI Jim Comey headed used was, quote, salacious and unverified, yet they used it to spy on potentially innocent Americans. Jeffrey, challenge one part of what I just said. One part. You've seen Hillary's 30,000 missing emails? The text from Stroke and Page are made up? The allegations by Jim Comey that the uh, dossier was, un- was salacious and unverified. Jim Comey, you're saying he didn't say that? Matter of fact, Jeff Tubin, they spied on an innocent American using a court reserved for terrorists, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, and hostile foreign agents, and yet you can't verify a single fact in there outside of Carter Page's trip to Moscow. You can't verify one single fact they used to do that to spy on them. Jeffrey, email me. DM me on Twitter. I'm at D Bongino. I will correct myself on the air if challenge any of those things. Verify it. Oh, you didn't, they didn't go through the Woods procedure, by the way? The procedure to verify? The procedure set up by, in conjunction with Bob Mueller, who's now the special counsel investigation? Oh, by the way, one of the guys who had to sign off on the information is being verified before they submitted it to the FISA court? Was John Carlin at the DOJ National Security Division? Who, oh, by the way, was Bob Mueller's former chief of staff? Oh, man, that's crazy how all this stuff goes down. Challenge any of that, Jeff. What am I wrong on? But yes, it's all conspiracy theories. You see, this is what the left does. what annoys me, because I thought this guy was a nice guy, and he may be, but he clearly has no idea what he's talking about. In this case, he should be embarrassed putting that on the air. Horrified. He should go on the air tomorrow and renounce everything he said and never speak publicly about this case again until he actually does his homework because he's humiliating himself. Conspiracy. This is what the left does, Joe. Yeah, man. In order to avoid and marginalize any voice that exposes the nastiness that happened behind the curtain Spygate, Hillarygate, and FISAgate. What do they do? They marginalize you all by saying, hey, God, look at you all, conspiracy theorists, bunch of wackos out there. Really? We're all crazy. We're crazy. Tell me anything I said that was false. Insane. Totally. That stuff just uh, really pisses me off. All right. Um, you know what? Let's, this is an important story. I have to get to this. I'm always debating what's more important, especially on a Friday show, because I know I won't see you on Monday mm-hmm. unless you listen to Levin tonight. And you can check me out on NRAtv.com, which I always appreciate. My show is live at 5.30 p.m every night live Eastern time 530 p you can watch it on nratv.com, Apple TV you can watch it on Amazon fire you can watch it on Roku so please check it out. the viewership's been great we're getting a lot of good feedback. I appreciate that um, this is a uh, Kim Strassel has a really wonderful piece uh, in the uh, by the way, a lot of these a lot of this stuff will be at the show notes today describing what I just talked about at Bongino.com. But Strassel has a really good piece today in the Wall Street Journal that again, it's subscriber only, uh, but it is a terrific opinion piece. And I did not see this coming, folks. But it's imperative that I put the information out there because I think it's genius. We had a conversation at the beginning of the week, Joe, and on Friday about the omnibus bill, the signing of the budget, which, listen, again, was a disaster, was a disaster. It was not chess versus checkers. It was a mess. Now. The bad news, yes, the budget bill the Republicans put out there, the Democrats pushed and Trump signed was a mess. That's the bad news. Just accept it. It was a mess. The good news is Trump knows it was a mess. As I said to you on Monday's show, Trump has recognized he got screwed over. He knows he got bad advice on this. And I believe he is absolutely committed to what he said in the press conference signing it, Joe, to never sign a crap bill like this again. Mm Now, Strassel's getting some wind at the hill that even Congress now, Joe, even the Republican swamp rat dogs up in Congress. And there's some good guys up there. You know, you got uh, Jim Jordan and the House Freedom Caucus. You got some decent guys, but a lot of them are just swamp rats, swamp dogs. They'll spend whatever they can to get reelected. They don't really care. Conservative principles go out the window. But even some of them are starting to realize, Joe, mm-hmm. that omnibus bill was a real pig and they're in a lot of trouble. Ruh-roh. is right. Shaggy. Folks, this is why your voice matters. And this is why I I get a little upset when people email me and say, I'm done. I'm giving up. You know, I get it. I've been there, too. I know the depths of despair when you've been sold out so many times. You're like, I can't take the selling out anymore. And Monday and Tuesday, I got a lot of emails from MAGA folks, Trump folks, conservatives, libertarians, non-Trump folks saying, I'm done. The non Trump folks were upset at the Republicans. The Trump folks were upset at Trump. And I was trying to tell you in the following shows don't, you can't give up because the left never does that. The left loses and they double down the next time. The left lost gun control legislation in Obama only to come back and try to redo it under Trump. They never give up. You can't either. This is all about the fight, folks. Sacrifice matters. As Jordan Peterson says all the time, I'm really loving this guy. His book, by the way, 12 Rules for Living, is just transformative. In Peterson's book, he makes a great point, Joe. You're not here to be happy. If you think that, um, the irony of you believing you're here to be happy is it's going to lead to sadness. You are here to build character in the face of suffering. That is a absolutely brilliant Mind-blowing analysis that if there's one life lesson you ever take from anyone, take that. Now, it's something we've hit on on the show before. When I referenced the quote by Bernard Malamud, the author of the book, The Natural, made into a movie with Robert Redford, where he has one of the greatest lines ever. You know, the path to true happiness is through suffering. He says, we all live two lives, the one we learn from and the one we live after that. And it's the one you live after that that matters. We are here to suck it up and build character in times of deep despair. Monday was bad. We basically signed our our financial death warrant for the next few years. Well, a year to be exact, but still, it was a ridiculous amount of money. Here's the good news. Your voice, your collective voice in speaking up, your collective negative energy displayed towards them, your calls, your emails to the members, your blog posts, all of this has had an effect. There's a whisper up on the hill right now, and it's just a whisper, but folks, this is brilliant, is to pull a 1974, the year I was born, act out of the air and use something that hasn't been used before to not spend some of the money that's already been budgeted. It's called the 1974 Impoundment Act. Huh? Uh, yeah, I know. You're, I, I was uh, listen. Yeah. I pride myself on knowing what I'm talking about. I yeah. read this one by Strassel, and I was like, never heard of it. Matter of fact, I've got pretty good sources up on the Hill. I didn't even hear this was going on. But she has great sources up there. And here's what it does, Joe. Yeah. This is genius. If they, if Republicans, if you pull this off, you will have. Not my undying support, but you will have earned back a little bit of respect from the mound of respect you lost. If you pull this off, it'll be genius. Here's what it does, Joe. It allows for the rescission of funds approved by Congress already as long as it's done within 45 days. And here's the kicker. Congress and the Senate can approve it with simple majorities. What does that mean? Oh, it means, yes, we agreed to spend. There was an orgy of spending in this omnibus bill, and it was a total disaster. Trump, in conjunction with the Republicans who hold majorities in the Senate and the House, yeah. if they can whip the caucus together and get them to vote unanimously, especially on the Senate side, they can afford to lose a few on the House. If they get them to vote unanimously, they can say, we're not going to spend 10 billion there. And by the way, we're not going to spend that 20 billion there and we're not going to spend that fifty billionaire, and we're not going to spend that hundred billionaire. It would be the greatest pre-midterm election coup ever. As long as it's not BS. Uh Don't do it and make it $500,000 of money um, that was supposed to go to, uh, you know, shrimp running on a treadmill study in Washington, D.C. Make it real. Put some teeth in it. I know you listen. You know, I know that you listen. And you know what I'm talking about. The other, you're like, what the hell are you? Even Joe's probably like, what is he talking about? (laughs) But you who who I'm talking to, you know who you are. You know, I know, you listen. And you know how I know it. You got whack up there. Get your asses on this right now. Start cutting big, huge chunks of this orgy of federal spending now. The clock is ticking. You got 45 days. Now, I know what you're thinking, Joe. You're thinking, this is genius. Why haven't Republicans done this before? I am thinking that. Well, Reagan has. Huh. But Congress has to approve it. And sadly, since 1974, according to Strassel's piece, only $25 billion, which is nothing. It's squat, has been cut in federal spending. $25 billion is nothing in the federal budget. Sadly, it should be something, but it's not because we spend so much. And it was largely done by Reagan. And Strassel makes a good point. The reason Obama never used it is because Obama loves government spending. Obama spends a hell out of anything. Obama will spend money on spending money. He'll be like, I think we need a study on how to spend more money. Can we spend money on that? That would be Obama, right? (laughs) And can we spend money on the study to spend money on how to spend money? And how about we advertise to the public using government money that we're conducting a study on a study on how to spend more money? That would be Obama. But Bush never used it either, because I'm not. A, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a huge fan of Bush. I, one, I think he didn't really care much about government spending anyway. But secondly, at least as, as to the degree he should have. But secondly, they say Bush believed in the line item veto. That is not that at this point uh, is is not legal for them to use. They would need, need an amendment for that. And he just refused to use it. But it has been used, simple majority. Now. A couple caution signs here. It is going to require one thing, Joe, and you may be thinking this, and the audience may be thinking this too. Well, Dan, if they do that, they're going to have to admit some fault. Why? Because how do you rescind payments using taxpayer that you already agreed to? right At some point, you're going to have to say, that's like Joe, you know signing some contract with his buddy to spend a bunch of money on his property. And then saying later on, hey, I spent all this money. It was a mistake. Can we redo the contract? You're going to have to acknowledge legally it was a mistake. Yeah. The fear here is that before the midterms, if they fail, and if you do this, you better damn well do it, Republicans. You know, you, you're listening. You better damn well get it done. Don't even pr- think about proposing this if you are going to lose your cojones at the last minute. Because if you fail again, forget it. You think it's over now. It is over, Johnny Karate Kid style. Sweep the knee. It will be over. Utah, give me two. Two failures in a row will be devastating. If you're going to do it, you better damn well do it and get it done. But you are going to have to acknowledge it was an orgy of spending. Now... Don't give the Democrats a pass either. They love it. But you are going to have to acknowledge on your side that it was a mistake. And that's okay. A lot of Republican voters, not all, and I understand people who aren't willing to forgive it. They've been burned too many times. I get it. But a lot of Republican and conservative voters are willing to forgive if you do the right thing and you give them a reason to forgive. You go in there, you do it, you get it done, and you make it serious. Don't give us a billion dollars on a shrimp study. I want to see big, huge chunks of government spending out the door, and you may gain back some loyalty. It's a great piece. Again, it's in the Wall Street Journal. It's by Kim Strass. You know what? <sighs> Should I, if I include it in the show notes, I know I'm going to get a thousand emails saying we couldn't open the piece. Just look it up. It, it may, sometimes they, they let the firewall go down if it's a really popular article. Mm-hmm. But it's by Kim Strassel today. And it's it just Google the 1974 Impoundment Act. And you know what I'll do? I'll look for another article. And I will try to put that in the show notes at Bongino.com so that you can read it, all right? And folks, next week, by the way, we have original content coming. It's going to be a the Bunkathon. Hey! So I'm hugely excited about next week. All right, a uh, couple more quick things to get through before the weekend. But last day, of the day this is a, by the way, we, the new sponsor. So ding, 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 ding. Another great company looking to talk to you. Uh, I said yesterday, I really appreciate the companies that respect my audience and respect you they want to advertise on this show they specifically sought us out um you know and they like being here and we enjoy them being on board so we really appreciate it so please if you give me your attention it means the world to me that you support our sponsors it keeps the show free and we really like to keep it that way it's wink wink now you guys and ladies wine drinkers listen it can be a pain i i don't know I don't know anything about wine. And when I brought them on board, I said, you know what? My wife and I, we're not, we don't drink a lot. But when we do, you know, sometimes, you know, the the, the kids are away for the weekend. My wife and I enjoy some a, a dinner out or sometimes in the house. And we like a good bottle of wine when it's healthy for you, too, which that's one of the reasons I always drank it. But I don't know anything about wine. I was always lost in the wine. So that's why I sent my wife in. This Wink's got this thing down. Don't worry. They got you covered. With online ordering, quick shipping and personalized recommendations, that's important. The only way Wink can make discovering wine you love easier is if they drank it for you. This is a great company. Let me give you a test. Pick out a wine you're going to love, but there's a catch. It has to be one you haven't had before. Where would you start? I, I, don't, I would have no idea. I really, I don't know anything about wine. I just know it tastes good. Introducing Wink, spelled W-I-N-C, W-I-N-C, Wink, like Wine Incorporated, Wink, W-I-N-C. Wink makes it easy to discover great wine because Wink's wine experts select wine matched to your taste, personalized for you and shipped right to your door starting at just $13 a bottle there's nothing like coming home to a box of delicious wine selected just for you it's the best day of your month just fill out, this is what, this is great fill out Wink's palette profile quiz answer some simple questions that your average store clerk wouldn't ask or translate into a good recommendation for you questions like, hey, how do you take your coffee? how do you feel about blueberries? Trust me, you will love this site. Wink, check this stuff out. Then Wink sends wines curated to your taste right to your door. The more wines you rate, the more personalized your monthly selections become. Each month, there are new delicious wines like the insanely popular Summer Water Rosé. No membership fees. Skip any month. Cancel any time. Shipping is covered. If you don't like a bottle they send you, this is great. They'll replace it with a bottle you'll love. No questions asked. Discover great wine today. Go to get ready. You ready? Go to trywink.com slash Dan. You'll get an enormous $20 off your first shipment. That's trywink, W-I-N-C. Trywink.com slash Dan for $20 off. Trywink.com slash Dan. Thank you, folks, for supporting our sponsors. Again, it means the world to us. It keeps the show free. Okay, let's see. Let's do a time check here. Ah, we're good. I love seeing that. So I'm going to hammer through these two final stories quick because they're super important. Great, 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 great piece in the Washington Examiner today. Super short, very readable about the deviousness of Obamacare and how every time I tell you that they they drew up. They if Obamacare was a highway, they blocked off every single exit ramp. Uh, You don't have to respect the Democrats. You don't have to like the Democrats, but you better fear their deviousness because they drew this thing up to prevent any free market interference in Obamacare at all. Piece in the Washington Examiner today. Must read. It'll be at the show notes, bongino.com. And of course, if you subscribe to my email list, I'll send it uh, right to you. It, it, the title of the piece is like the dream team for healthcare, a path to fix our healthcare system. Some people email me a lot and say, Dan, you don't propose enough solutions. Fair enough. I'm giving you one now. This article is super short, and it says, if we had this, Joe, these two things, mm-hmm. I'm giving you the two sign. You see it? Yep. Oh, yeah. If we had catastrophic healthcare plans, in other words, it covers cancer, you know, HIV, hepatitis, uh, car accidents, serious hospitalization. But left out management, you know, um, uh, you know, typical like body management stuff, checkups, yeah. Yeah. flu season, that kind of – well, flu can be serious. I don't mean to minimize it. But, you know, coughs and colds and that kind of stuff. And that was out of pocket. So you were covered in the event of a healthcare catastrophe. Yeah, flu, I shouldn't minimize that, that seriously because that could be really deadly. Um, but, you know, coughs and colds, basic healthcare, get an eye exam, weight check, you know, you got a little stomach uh, stomach, uh, uh, stomach uh, virus or whatever it is, you go to the hospital, that stuff would be kind of out of pocket, but catastrophic healthcare insurance, combine that with HSAs, health savings accounts, tax-free money you can put into an account, you don't have to pay taxes on, that would accumulate but can be spent only on those out-of-pocket costs. Folks, ding, 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 we would have a solution for this tomorrow. Why? Because the catastrophic plan would force people to spend their own money on health care for regular maintenance, which would eliminate what? The third party payer effect. Mm -hmm. The third party payer effect is what's driving up health care costs. A third party payer effect, for those of you unfamiliar with the term, if Joe goes to the doctor, there are two people involved in that. Person number one is Joe. Person number two is the doctor. Mm -hmm. Joe agrees to pay a price. The doctor agrees to charge a price. If they don't agree on that price, Joe doesn't pay it. When you introduce a third party in economics, you have a third party payer effect. If Joe pays taxes to the government, whether he goes to the doctor or not, and then the government pays Joe's doctor, Joe doesn't care about the price. Why? Because Joe's already paid the money to the government, whether he goes to the doctor or not. He didn't give a crap about the price. The doctor also, no offense to the doctor, wants to charge as much as he can. Why? Because there's no restraint on the doctor, because he knows the patient's not paying. He tries to get as much from the government as he can. Third party payer effects are single handedly the largest contributor to the explosion in college costs and medical payments um, and healthcare costs in the country. Uh, without a doubt, in my mind, you introduce catastrophic insurance again and all of a sudden people go to the doctor for whatever colds and stomach aches and headaches and things like that. And if it's not catastrophic, they pay out of pocket and say, hey, Dr. Joe, uh, that's a little too much. I'm not going to pay five hundred dollars for you to you know, swab my tongue. No, thanks. I'm going to go to a different doctor. That model has only worked everywhere in human history to reduce the price of everything from contact lenses to flat screen TVs. It's only worked everywhere. It has a 100% success rate, okay? It's part number two of that, the health savings accounts. Remember, there are four ways to spend money, as Milton Friedman said. You can spend money on yourself. Government can spend... It's... um. Uh, You can spend money on yourself. You can spend money on other people. Other people can spend other people's money on other people. Other people can spend other people's money on themselves. That's the four ways to spend money. The most efficient way to spend money, because cost and quality matter, is you spending your own money on yourself. When you spend money on yourself, the cost of the product matters because it's your money and the quality of the product matters because you're spending it on yourself. You're buying something for yourself. If you get an HSA and you were spending your own money on doctor and hospital care, the cost of the care would matter, but the quality would matter too. So it's kind of related to the third-party pay effect. This would reduce the effect of ex- the explosion in healthcare costs. Now, Obamacare, read this piece. Let me just read to you quickly from the piece because it shows you how devious they were in preventing catastrophic healthcare costs and health savings accounts from reducing the cost of medicine because they don't want that. Now, you may say, why, Dan? Why did Obamacare... Close off all the off ramps to Obama, to uh, to Obamacare, make sure the government had a, had a role in overseeing all of this because liberals want the government to control everything. It's always been about control. So he says this is Obamacare. The, IR, the internal revenue code allows only those. This is pursuant to Obamacare allows only those covered by a high deductible health plan to contribute to an HSA. Catastrophic plans, given their high deductibles, should qualify as high deductible health plans, health plans. But the ACA, Obamacare, ensures that they do not. To qualify as a, quote, high deductible, regular plans must not cover any care except preventative care before payment of the deductible. It gets easy to understand in a second here. But but Obamacare basically requires, also requires catastrophic health plans, Joe, to cover at least three primary care visits before reaching the deductible. Why would they put that in there, Joe? Oh, here's why because this requirement prevents any catastrophic plan from qualifying as a high-deductible health plan and prevents those in said catastrophic plans from contributing to a health savings account. Genius! Genius! Genius. You don't have to like it. I surely don't. But the Democrats are genius. They made sure the free market did not get involved at all in their takeover of the government health care plan. Unbelievable stuff. Read the piece, it's, it's damning, it walks through slowly how exactly, short, sweet, but exactly how the Democrats anticipated any kind of free market intervention to reduce healthcare costs, Joe, and <laughs> intercepted the football through Obamacare. Now you know why I hate this thing so much, and years later I'm still talking about it. Because it speaks to the utter stupidity of Democrats for passing it, but the genius at the same time of engaging in a system of government control, doing it slowly and preventing any off-ramp from it. Just incredible. Hey, uh, one more thing. With regards to yesterday's show, I appreciate the feedback. Uh, got a tremendous number of downloads, by the way. Uh, the economic section in the beginning I know was a bit long, and I know sometimes I do a better job of summing up analogies, but it was a very complicated topic on trade deficits, sound money, the gold standard, yeah. um, how these are all interrelated. I mean, even at one point, I know, Joe, you may have gotten it because you've heard it a lot, but I got some feedback where people like, you know what, Dan? That's the first time I had to listen twice and three times, which I understand. Uh-huh. But it's a really complicated topic, and- I don't want to do... You're a smart audience. I'm not going to do dumb stuff for you. I'm sorry. Um, We dance here when it comes to activism. But we don't dance like entertain. I don't dance, okay? This is not an entertainment show. I'm sorry. I'm glad that Joe's funny and we have a lot of drops. We try to keep it somewhat sarcastic to lighten the mood. Mm -hmm. But this is a serious show about serious topics. And there was an interesting piece today kind of hammering home some of the points I took yesterday. This will be, I promise, a lot shorter than yesterday. But there's a piece about how the British... The British, uh, basically their central bank, is claiming success for their money printing regimen. And I explained to you yesterday how the printing of money doesn't hurt the United States like it would hurt other countries because our money, even though we keep printing and printing and printing, should be almost worthless at this point, constantly gets scooped up by foreign governments because it is the global standard for currency. So we have a lot of leeway. Other countries don't. The British are getting screwed over right now. Because their pensions are going bankrupt in mass, and there's a big controversy about a company in Britain that has some historical ties to the war. That there's there's obviously some sentimentality, Joe, and they're going out of business because they can't afford the pensions. And why, folks? This is easily explainable. When you print a bunch of money, what happens? Eventually, it finds its way into the stock market, like it did in the United States under the Obama years. And to be fair, Obama was not in charge of the Federal Reserve, although he loved the printing policy. We printed a lot of money in the Obama years and it made its way into the stock market and overinflated stock prices. Now, you may say, well, how does that hurt pension funds? Pension funds are invested in stocks and stocks went up. Oh, yeah, they did. By the way, eventually those bubbles burst. Oh, we've only seen that. What? What? uh, Ten years ago? (laughs) That'll happen again, sadly. But it did temporarily drive up stocks. But at the same time, folks... It drove down interest rates because it made money easier to find, like I said yesterday. And by decreasing interest rates, what did it also do to those same pensions? It decreased those pensions' expected rate of returns in the future. In other words, if you print a lot of money and make it easier to find, interest rates go down. The interest rate's the cost of money. A loan at 5% is more expensive than a loan at 1%. You print a lot of money, you make it easier to find, interest rates go down. It's not complicated. But when interest rates go down, what happens? If you're managing a pension plan for Joe Armacost and you're investing $100 expecting it to grow at 8%, Joe, and interest rates are now 4%, you got some problems. You got some splaining to do. So these pensions are going bankrupt because they didn't put aside enough money. They said, damn, I thought it was going to grow at 8 Now it's only growing at 1%. That's a lot of money to make up. What else is happening? Dividends aren't being paid. Dividends aren't being paid by companies. Dividends who benefit what? Pension holders. Dividends aren't being paid and investment in the company and the workers aren't being paid. Well, why is that? Because the companies don't have any money. Because where's it going? It's going into the pension funds to make up for all the lost interest they didn't make because of the low interest rates. So now the same pension funds are, oh yeah, look, we benefited from the stock market. Yeah, but you're getting no dividends and the company isn't investing in itself and has no future. Hey, nice job. Yeah, you guys lose money, people. You really got this system down. Interesting piece. Uh, it was in the Wall Street Journal today. Um, it's kind of complicated. I'm not going to put it in the show notes, but uh, to be fair here. Let me read to you. It's by Joseph C. Sternberg, and the title is Britain's Monetary Stimulus Has Fed the Pension Crisis. Really good piece. If you're a subscriber, go check that out. But definitely, definitely check out the show notes at a minimum for this Washington Examiner piece on Obamacare. It is uh, killer. It's so good. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please go to Bongino.com, check out the show notes, and I will see you all on Monday and on Levin tonight if you tune in. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show.